0: On today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, it's crossover time with Ben Kaspic of Locked on Giants, discussing if the Dodgers spending is a problem for Major League Baseball and some half-baked ideas on how to speed up the MLB offseason.
1: You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I'm the host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. You can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at careerthomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked on Dimebacks Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course... Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube. So please subscribe to Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube. But now, without further ado, let's jump into that conversation with Ben Kaspic of Locked on Giants. Now, Ben, I want to talk to you about the offseason and really the spending that we've seen this offseason because one team, the LA Dodgers, has spent over $1 billion. I think the number's like $1.29 billion. I saw some (laughs) graphic the other day that said the Dodgers have spent more money this offseason than the 29 other teams. I just kind of want to get your reaction and your opinion on do you think the Dodgers spending all this money is a problem for the league? What they're doing the deferred payments? Or are you like, you know what, twenty nine other teams? How about you step up to the plate and you open up that purse and you hand out some checks to some of these free agents?
1: Yeah. So it may be an unpopular opinion, but I don't I don't really dwell on it or think of it as a problem uh, because, first of all, I mean like Otani's contract as as is been well documented 10 years 700 million with what 680 million <laughs> deferred it's ridiculous oh, yeah. on its face but it's it's i think a lot of people maybe who aren't totally like up to date on the collective bargaining agreement and how the luxury tax calculations work which would be like every casual fan i would imagine isn't thinking like but I, you know in reality the luxury tax hit for LA is valued at something like forty uh forty-four million dollars or so. And so mm-hmm. it's not like they're only paying two million a year, which is what they're paying in cash. But so it is, in some ways, it is what they're paying. Mm-hmm. But in other ways, they're in terms of the luxury tax, which I which is I think in a a more important point of calculation they're getting hit with 44 uh, ish million dollars and so the basically the league determined and the players association determined the present day value because you have to equ- you have to factor in like inflation and all that kind of stuff because they're paying him i mean it's going to be crazy once 10 years are up and they're paying yeah. him 68 million dollars a year for 10 years to, when he's not on their team uh, that's going to be wild to see like what the ramifications are there. But um, the league and the players association determined like what is the true present day value of that contract. And it's actually about, you know, $450 million over 10 years, which is, uh, you know, more in line with what kind of makes sense. 700 million, I think part of what they wanted his representatives himself perhaps was that number and the shock and wow factor of that number but in reality this is mo- like this is equivalent to a 450 40 million dollar contract over 10 years it's just structured really strangely and uniquely and as i said the giants have said and otani's camp or even otani himself i read said like confirmed that the giants offered him basically the same thing so like it's what otani wanted because he wanted to be able to you know not you know obviously 70 million a year going to one player would limit what a lot of teams could do um and so that's why he he wanted to do it this way. But he, in my mind, like, why not just do a 10-year, $440 million deal? I think it's because of the shock and wow factor of the $700 million number. I don't know. Maybe he just wants the security of getting paid for 20 years instead of 10. I, I don't know why they did it that way. Um, but... Yeah, the Giants were willing to do the same thing. So I can't sit here and say, yeah, it's a problem for baseball that the Dodgers did it because I would have been doing cartwheels if the Giants had done it, you know? And so, yeah. and then they also go out and get Yamamoto, but I think that contract was fair value too because he's 25 and I think like a lot of teams believed this is an ace. This is like a frontline major league starter And you don't often get access to these guys at that age. And so I think it was a fair market deal, essentially for Otani, structured in a really weird way. And it was a fair market deal for Yamamoto. And I believe the Giants were also in on Yamamoto on similar terms. And Yamamoto said, if it wasn't for LA, he probably would have ended up with the Giants. And that tells me that they were right there financially. He said he loved the city, uh, which has been a point of contention kind of this off season with yeah, certain a people right. kind of bad mouthing San Francisco and or just kind of a narrative about that. But he said it reminded of him, reminded him of, of Osaka, Japan. And I, I don't know what Osaka looks like. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, he liked looks he really like, liked yeah. San Francisco. But again, it's like it's hard to compete with what the Dodgers have to offer. It's like, oh, you can go play with Otani and Betts and Freeman and, you know, warm weather year round, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I have no problem with what they're doing. I also don't overreact. And I feel like D-backs fans should know this as well as anyone. You can have powerhouse teams in the division. Mm -hmm. And by the way, everyone expected the Padres to like beat, compete with the Dodgers. Yeah, I did for, yeah, we all did. And they didn't. So baseball is, A, unpredictable. So you can spend all the money you want, but it is not does not guarantee you anything. Although we, the Dodgers are good year in and year out. That's a separate point, which is like they're already always good. So they're just going to be really good again. So in some ways, it's like, okay, they're still just really good. But also d-backs fans saw firsthand last year you just gotta get into the dance
0: you and what 80 83 wins 84 like like, i think 84 84 wins negative run differential Yeah, negative run differential
1: and the phillies the year before that whatever their record was it wasn't as good you know Mm. they took down the braves this year i think it was the phillies you know and the braves were the best team in baseball all year long and um they just went down in the first round you guys swept the dodgers yeah in the first in the in the division series
0: right swept them swept baby four home runs in that clincher in one inning first time in mlb history uh truly remarkable stuff so yeah i mean i can't wait for the discourse when the dodgers win 135 games and then lose in the first round it's like oh my god we gotta redo the whole regular season we gotta change the whole playoff format right. like I don't want to hear any of that discourse and I'm not upset with the way that the Dodgers went in terms of spending money, because if you have the money, I think you should spend it. Am I upset that the Dodgers keep getting all the quality talent? Yeah. I don't want to see Otani Yamamoto go to the Dodgers. Yeah. They have enough talent on their roster, but I'm not. Upset oh yeah. With the I country. hate it. Yeah. I hate it, but I'm not upset that they hand out those contracts. I am upset that, You were like three months into the offseason and it feels like there's still most of the free agents are still out there. I am upset that it feels like a lot of the other teams just aren't aggressive enough. Like the Mariners are just salary dumping players left and right. It feels like the Kansas City Royals have been a top three offseason team this year because they're one of the only teams participating. Like that does make me upset when there's money to be spent and these teams are just sitting on their hands or not trying to improve their team. Like that's what doesn't make me happy because i feel like the mlb offseason it's just so slow i feel like it drags on i feel like as you you have to wait like actually two weeks before spring training starts to see actual transactions start heating up and happening and like the tyler glass now move like that should be a move that gets people upset because anyone could have traded for tyler glass now It just whoever had the best package and who was ever willing to give him a contract extension Anyone could acquire him, but of course, it's the Dodgers that swoop in and take on the risk of, yes, he's always hurt, but we know when now is right, he's one of the best pitchers in the sport. But it's like, why are the Dodgers the only team willing to take on that risk? Is it because they're the big market and they have so many other stars and they can afford it? I, I don't know. I would like to see other teams get risky. I think that's one of the biggest issues in baseball. So many teams are just risk averse, and now I think we see like mm-hmm. a team like the Giants try and go the other direction. I think even a team like the D backs is like, you know what, let's get a little bit more risky, let's spend a little bit more money because you do have to spend money to compete. Yes, it was a nice story to see this D team make it to the World Series, but at the end of the day, there was holes on that roster, and the D backs went to this offseason trying to fill those holes. So I want to see other teams get more aggressive in the offseason. And honestly, I will say, I'm not a big fan of the deferred payment, something about that feels kind kind. kind of icky like if you want to sign Otani to 700 million I don't care but saying you're going to sign him to 700 million even with the way you said about the luxury tax I still feel like that's kind of icky saying you're going to defer 98 percent of the contract until after he's done playing I feel like maybe the next CBA we should relook at that maybe you could do like half of the contract or the quarter of the contract but to defer like three quarters of billion dollars to um after that guy's done playing like they're going to owe Mookie, Freddie, Otani, and I think one other dude like $800 million when they're all done playing. Like, that's all in deferred <laughs> money to just four guys. Like, it's insane what the Dodgers money situation is going to be looking like in the 2030s and the 2040s. Ben and I will continue that conversation in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel. Because if you want to place a little futures bet on the D-backs 2024 World Series odds, There's no better place to do that than FanDuel Sportsbook because the NFL regular season is wrapping up. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets when or lose the app is so easy to use and there's so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays find bets in the new explore tab make a parlay in the parlay hub my favorite thing to do is the same game parlay whenever the lakers are playing a mediocre team i take ad over in points AD over in rebounds and that lakers money line but i might have to change up that third leg of the parlay because the lakers mind line just hasn't been hitting enough for me recently so If you want to place your own same game parlay, visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown and make your first bet a lamp. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from, for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money Back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I agree. Like, if we could do away with it, that would be better. But at the same time, it's like, I guess, I, I it's just, yeah, whatever, whatever I said earlier about the luxury tax and how it still affects them. Like, it would be one thing if, like, they only had a $2 million luxury tax hit on Otani mm-hmm. for the next 10 years each year. But at least it's, like, it's actually somewhere in between 700 million and two hundred and two million and so at least there's that but yeah it's and and the like they're even deferring money on teoscar hernandez right it's a one-year deal for like like nine years that's crazy i didn't on a one-year contract yeah look it up right now it's like 20 mil 23 million total and it's like 12 million is deferred over nine years or something like that it's just ridiculous
0: and and oh, yeah i see it right now eight hundred fifty thousand a year between 30 and 2039 they're just kicking the can yeah. down the line they don't care
1: yeah and and so it 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 i'm with you it kind of ticks me off in a way that other teams aren't i uh, I, I don't know it does feel kind of icky But at the same time, these are the rules. And so anybody could be doing this. And So do
0: you think maybe we need like a little tweak? Like I'm not a fan of a salary cap, but I could be open to a salary floor. I don't think I would be opposed to that. I just think the issue would be teams would just start overpaying like one or two year deals. And then you're just overpaying like a dude who may not be as good like maybe that 8 million guy just goes to 13 million now and that's how you uh uh, you know get past the salary floor. i don't know if teams are automatically going to start bringing dudes for 30 40 million a year if you do that
1: yeah i i kind of defer to like the economists on on salary cap salary floor i know there's a lot of like smart people who have kind of commented on on the pros and cons of of these things and uh you know, there are downsides that 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 a lot of people don't think of. I mean, it's, you're not talking about a salary cap, but certainly no. with a salary cap there, there are downsides for real. And mm-hmm. with even with a salary floor, there are downsides even for players. And so I like I like an open market. I'm not I mean, but mm-hmm. it, it if I was a fan of a team like the A's, I would not. You know, I I would probably feel a little strong, more strongly, because you know the both of our teams would be above whatever the floor would be. Um, The D backs don't spend as much as the Giants, but my I don't think so. I don't think so. They've been a little more aggressive in recent years, Um, and I think they've made some nice additions this year. Um, but. Basically, I need. I feel like I need to learn more about the, the true pros and cons about salary cap, salary floor. I know that the players don't want anything to do with it, at least with a mm-hmm. cap. Um, and the league, didn't they form like this economic committee like last year? And so I feel oh, like I'm they're going to start pushing down the road as, as something that they want to do is have uh, a salary cap. And so we're probably in for another contentious you know potentially lockout after whatever it is 2026 season um where they're fighting about all these other issues and to me like you said to me i feel like the biggest issue on the table right now is this is the slowness and the boring Mm -hmm. nature of the mlb offseason and that We've got to think of a way to fix it because I do not believe that it benefits anybody—not anybody, not teams, not players, and certainly not fans. Like if you're a fan, if you're a fan of a team, and and you're like following the off season, it's like torture. You're just yeah, like so slow. Like it's it's slow. It's like it drags on, and just like days and days go by, and nothing happens, and it's because there's no deadline and so teams and players feel like they can just wait each other out and kind of wait for that wait for somebody to to kind of you know you're playing chicken with each other for three four months five months even and like the like the year when Bryce Harper and Manny Machado didn't sign forever yeah. and they were like 25 year old studs best like top Super 10 players
0: smart.
1: yeah and, and like, there's no uh, – Bryce Harper didn't sign until late February. It's like yeah. – and it wasn't even a crazy contract. Looking back on it, I mean, it looks super reasonable compared to some of the – I mean, it was 13 years, three 330, which, yeah. you know, every team in baseball would, would want a piece of that now, I feel like.
0: Not every yeah. team would pay it, but – Yeah, he turns into the best player in the sport when the postseason turns on. It's like, what is that not what you pay for a superstar? Like, wouldn't you want Bryce Harper? Like, isn't that what you pay a superstar for? Like, whatever the contract is, like, to come in and just smash home runs and put the fear God in pitchers when you're at the plate? Like, I know as a D-backs fan, at one point in the NLCS, after, like, game one and game two, where he, like, let off both games with a home run, I'm like, can we just not pitch to him the rest of the season or the rest of the series? Like, I don't care if Schwarber goes off. I don't care if Brandon Marsh or JT Ramuto go off. But, like, we cannot let Bryce Harper kill us. Like, I would rather walk him with the bases loaded, uh, nobody out, than, put, than, than, than pitch to Bryce Harper because <laughs> that's how scary um, he was. But the idea of a deadline is kind of interesting because we do that with the foreign players when they post. Uh, I've never really right. thought about that. But I would be kind of interested if it's like, you know, Six weeks before spring training, all free agents have to sign or they have to, you know, I don't know, wait until this day of the regular season to sign or something. I think that would be kind of interesting because there has to be a way to move the off season quicker because you look at like the NBA, like 70% of free agents are signed within the first week of the NBA because – teams and agents and players are talking before free agency even starts. Like maybe we need to add more tampering in major league baseball. Maybe there's not <laughs> enough tampering going on beforehand because everyone's already signed. Like as soon as free agency starts for the NBA, you see like 80 deals happen. It's Like how did you negotiate terms before free agency even started? How is that allowed? So maybe we need a little bit more tampering going on in the MLB offseason. But one thing that I have discussed in my pod bend, I want to maybe throw out to you real quick, since you threw the, the deadline idea at me. I kind of wouldn't hate the idea of doing like term limits on contracts. Like say you could only sign Otani to a five-year max deal. Maybe there's not a, 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 a limit on how much he can make annually, but I kind of don't like the 10-year plus deals because I kind of want to see Otani hit the market again. I want to see Yamamoto hit the market again. I kind of don't like the idea of one player just signing with a team for the next two decades. Like I kind of want to see these guys hit free agency every five to six years, because I think that would also add to the intrigue of free agency. If every year was like the last couple of years, we had all these loaded shortstops and you had all these pitchers, uh, you know, the the pitching class has been really good too. I just want to see more star players in the pool. And I think signing these 10 year plus deals, I I think that kind of hurts the sport a little bit too, just from like an off season, you know, off the field engagement. Uh, with the fans and the and the teams. Ben Caspic and I will continue the conversation in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Jace Medical because I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade this is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a significant other or one of my kids got sick while supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit JaceMedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular costs. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order.
1: Yeah, my, my first thought on that is like when the, the way the system is set up though is that the players don't reach free agency usually until they're around thirty, right? Yeah, and so if probably. you put like a five year limit, then they would it would really hurt players, I think, because then they they would reach free agency at an age at which the teams would no longer for the vast majority of them, like if you're thirty five, unless you're like Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, and some rare others, Otani. Uh, you're probably they're not going to offer you a lot, and so you do a lot better for yourself as a player. I think getting that's why they end up getting these long term deals is because if they took a sh- like a five year deal, if like in the open market, if they took a five year deal, they would definitely I think be leaving money on the table, and so then you'd probably want to push free agency earlier which is something the players would love like instead Mm -hmm. of having to wait for six years of service time like this was something they wanted in the last cba was to push it forward to like five years of service time instead of six to reach free agency um but the the league like considers that a non-starter and so it's hard because these two sides like are you know i don't want to say enemies but they're very much they have conflicting uh Incentives, and the one thing I I want to add about the the deadline is because I've thought about this a lot, and and I feel okay. kind of dumb because I've never come to this idea on my own that I heard on a podcast. To be fair, it was someone who is very smart and involved in baseball who mentioned the idea on the podcast, and that's you know the president of baseball operations for the Giants, Farhan Zaidi. Um, said recently on a podcast that i was listening to uh you know he was kind of asked about the slow off season right and what he mentioned was having like a three or four week deadline just kind of throwing out the amount of time could be five six weeks whatever but for multi-year deals a deadline for multi-year deals and so that way it doesn't like lock players out if they miss out on the deadline. Because I've always thought, like, I just you can't have a deadline because I feel like you you can't give the player you can't have the players give up that much leverage. Where like mm-hmm. if they don't sign, they just like can't sign. I feel like that's too much to give up. But if it's a deadline for multi-year deals, uh, sh- the players still probably wouldn't want to go for that. But at the same time, Zaidi did mention that he brought it up, you know, with agents who obviously are, are on the player's side. And he said he hasn't heard a lot of pushback because they are in the same boat where they don't feel like this waiting game is really benefiting everybody, anybody. And for anyone who's pushing back on me listening, like you mentioned, there's deadlines for these international players. They've got these, for Korean players right now, it's 30 days from when they get posted. And and the Japanese posting window is now 45. It was 30, but it's now 45. But, like, you look at Yamamoto. He got the largest ever contract for a pitcher, topping Garrett Cole by $1 And you look at Jung-Hoo Lee, and you look at the preseason or pre-offseason expectations for what his contract would be. And then what he ultimately got and it exceeded it by quite a lot. And so to me, if you look at these contracts that these guys with deadlines are getting, they're not leaving money on the table. It's just simply forcing the action. And so I think something like that, like, would be so good for the sport because it is an entertainment business and you want I feel like fans hate the off season. And that's not good for the game. And it's, and and I don't think the teams like it. The agents don't like it. And the fans don't like it. You and I as fans and as like reporters or whatever we are, don't like it. And so that's the best idea I've heard. Because then, you know, guys who miss out on that multi-year deal, they can still sign and get a huge one-year deal, you know? Like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If, like if, if somehow Otani like didn't get that multi-year deal he wanted – because it wasn't 700 million or whatever. Imagine how much he'd make on a one-year deal because there'd be so much competition. It's like, we can get this guy uh, without the long-term risk. Um, So I I still feel like players would get huge paydays even on one-year deals. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. Certain players would probably be hurt by it, but for the vast majority of players, I think supply and demand would kind of play out and they would probably end up getting essentially their market value anyway. and I don't know much about the NBA and the NFL and like the free agency. I've heard what you said a thousand times. I don't follow it nearly as closely, yeah. but that sounds so much more exciting and and people yeah. have said to me like, well well you know what's the difference because then you just have to wait the rest of the offseason. once all the activity happens, you just sit around and wait. But the difference is you get excited about your team you know Christmas comes around you could buy the jerseys of the players mm-hmm. that you got and and you you just kind of go into season mode and start thinking about the team that you've built versus like agonizing over what are they going to do for four months and yeah maybe they do something like, big but you suffered like the all the way up to the point where they do something
0: yeah because we're still like four days out of spring training and so many teams are still incomplete so you don't even know like the exact roster that you're going to have going to next season, but like in the NBA, yeah, after in the NBA, after like two weeks of free agency, you're like, my team's like already locked in. Like maybe you make one more trade or something, maybe like a little signing, but like all the big pieces, they're already locked into place. So it's like, you can kind of plan better for the future and kind of like for our podcast, too, it might be a little bit better, uh, you know, planning if we knew who's going to be on the team, uh, you know, locked in for the foreseeable future. So I like that idea a lot of the deadline because I'm a guy like Aaron Judge. And it's like I want to go back to the Yankees, but maybe we're at a stalemate on the contract. Maybe I'm like, you know what? Out of spite, I'm going to go sign with the San Francisco Giants one year, 50 million dollars. Then I'm going to renegotiate with them in the middle of the season. So I do think that's a, a pretty fun idea. And hopefully we could get something implemented to speed up this MLB offseason. That's it for this edition of the lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back later in the week for part three with Ben Kasper of lockdown giants to discuss and preview the NL West and who we might think wins the division. And as always stay safe, stay healthy. Deuses.